Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. Well, tonight we have an extraordinary opportunity to talk to Whitney Husband, who uh, it's pretty interesting how I connected with Whitney. My executive assistant, Jamie LaMontagne, in Coeur d'Alene is one of Whitney's customers, one of her many, many, many customers, and she was connected with her on social media and... I uh, said, hey, you ought to interview this gal. She has an enormous business. So I have not met Whitney. This is the first time. Whitney, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Are you in Spokane? No, I'm in uh, Texas. Oh, you're in Texas. Well, yeah. The reason I thought you were in. Where in Texas are you? East Texas. I, it's a small town called Huntington, about 2,000 people, just a one red light little town. <laughs> In the boonies, literally. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, young lady, you have quite uh, the epic story in network marketing, and uh, true to form, we're going to get right into it. And I don't know uh, if you've listened to any hero calls, Whitney, but... Uh, I'm going to ask you to tell the audience, which, uh, according to my records on Facebook, is over a thousand people around the world are listening to you right now. I imagine <laughs> many of them are your teammates. Yes, a lot uh, of my a lot of my girls around here. And they, they're uh, always they're representing. <laughs> of course, they are. <laughs> You're their rock star, and they should be representing. Uh, but there's a lot of other companies on here, too, and so I'm sure everybody wants to hear your story, and how I would like um, to start this is uh, I want to hear, I, really, I know you've been with two companies. The first one you weren't a builder in, and then you joined Unique. I'm interested, though, in you telling the story to our audience about how you were first approached about network marketing. And who introduced you to the idea, and what did they say that compelled you to take a look? And well, I, su- I suppose okay. that story would be about your first company, which you didn't end up building in. Yeah. And that's fine, but it's really important, I feel, for our listeners to embody, like get inside their body the, the hundreds of stories of people that, um, you know, whether it's their sister-in-law or their next-door neighbor or the barista at the coffee shop, who was it that had the courage to invite them to take a look at network marketing? And what did they say in that invite that compelled us, those of us that have joined, to actually take a look? So can you tell us that story? Sure. So it was a few months after I'd had my son. I was staying at home. I had jumped through the ideas of going back to work. Um, 
before I had him, I actually have a four-year degree from university in business, and I landed a bank teller job and had to quit before I had him due to complications, and then I had him. I wanted to stay home, so I had jumped the idea of online surveys, things like that. None of that stuff works, um, and I was actually considering getting my teaching certificate and going to teach, and I was back and forth going to fill out all the paperwork, and this girl I knew, um, she had used to live in my town. She had a product, and it was weight loss, and I had a baby, and I was not like I had used to be, and so it intrigued me. Um, she basically was like, here's the product. If you sign up, it's basically the same price as buying the product at retail, and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I'll just sign up, and if I don't like it, then... I'll just quit. And um, I didn't know that it was network marketing. I didn't know that's what it was called. She, as you hear over and over in this industry, she never did anything with the business. She actually quit. Um, she placed me under another girl who had quit. The uplines all in between me and, like, the main leader was upline. Everybody had quit. Um, but somehow one day I got an email from, like, a top a top dog in the company, and it was, you know, you can join the Facebook group, and it was information and a training website. And, I mean, the kind of the type of personality I am, I dug into it. I joined the Facebook groups. I started reading everything. I printed off everything I could from their website, and I started reading. And basically, I figured out how to sell the products. Um, there was nothing. There was I didn't know it was network marketing. I didn't know that books about network marketing existed. I didn't know there were online resources. I didn't know any of that stuff. I just was in their Facebook group, and I learned how to sell their products, and that's basically what I did for a year and a half. Um, I mean, I had recruited like five to ten people maybe. Nobody ever, nobody ever did anything. I never promoted, but I was a great seller. I had a lot of, I had a lot of um, auto ship customers, <laughs> but I, I was completely clueless, and I switched um, – I switched to Unique thinking that I could just sell some products here too, make the same amount of money, then I would make double my income. We were on government assistance, and I was back in school for the second time trying to get a second degree. And I was like, if I can make double, then, you know, that's enough money to keep us from struggling so bad until I can graduate again. And Tell, tell me who introduced you to Unique. I found it online by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody introduced oh me. I, yeah, I found it online. Oh. I was actually looking for a piece of furniture on like a buy-sell trade site, and somebody had posted the mascara, and I had always wanted extensions, but I couldn't afford them or anything like that. And I was like, that's cool because I have really short, thin eyelashes, and I've always wanted longer eyelashes. And I was like, that's really cool. But the girl, I went to her Facebook. She didn't have anything on there. So I Googled it. There wasn't much. I found the corporate page. And at that time, my now sponsor had been shouted out for the previous month for the highest sales. And I knew that I wanted to be with somebody that knew what they were doing because I hadn't been previously, and I didn't want to be lost again. So I sent her, I sent her a little um, a message or whatever, but I also kept looking to see if there was anyone local to me, and there wasn't, but there was a girl about an hour and 15 minutes away. And I also sent her... Um, a contact thing too. Well, she each, she did email me back first, but she sent me what was on the website, and I had already read that. <laughs> I had done all the research that I could, 
And so my now sponsor called me. We talked for about three hours, and um, I signed up as soon as I got off the phone with her. Wow. So she hit, she, she, she was hit, new, too. She the jackpot, didn't she? <laughs> she does. She's done uh, really great, too, yeah. <laughs> do you know who the gal is that had the uh, something on Facebook that caught your attention? No. Uh, I have no, no idea. Be interesting Mm-mm. for you to track her down. And I have no idea, none. Yeah. I don't even think the girl that I initially emailed is still is still around either. Wow, Mm-mm. that's crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. <clears throat> well, all right. So, Whitney, you got in to make another five hundred bucks a month uh, on government assistance. Uh, this is quite a story. Yeah. It usually happen this way, as you probably know. You know, network marketing is a really powerful business model, but it's usually not powerful enough to rescue people that are in that kind of condition financially. It's, you know, there are stories like yours, but you are clearly the exception, and that also makes you an inspiration because although not everybody does succeed, <clears throat> And that's an understatement. Anybody can, and you're a, you're a great testimony to that. So tell us how you got started, and uh, tell us about the processes. How did you go from somebody looking to make $500 a month and selling the product to somebody that, according to my survey that I asked you to fill out, you personally sponsored 35 people in your first 90 days. Now, if I was coaching somebody, Whitney, on building a four-year career, building a nice multi-million dollar business after four or five years, I would, I would have them sponsoring at least 35 people in their first year. Mm-hmm. And you did it in your first 90 days. Tell us, how, you, how did you get inspired to do that coming from somebody who was looking to make 500 bucks a month? Yeah. Well, I made, the, I think I'm a really hungry person. Um, and I haven't always been like that. I mean, I, I grew up, great family. I played sports. I rodeoed. I was really competitive. Um, never the winner. Never. I was never like the first placer, but... I've always been top three, top five at everything that I do. Um, I don't like anybody to really beat me or cream me at anything. And so, but, you know, I kind of got to college and my priorities changed and I really, really slacked off on that aspect of who I was. And I came into this and I made that $500. I made 700 my first three weeks. So I made it back um, pretty quickly. And at the time we were paid at night time. And I had never had instant income like that, ever in my life. Um, and so I would work all day, hustle hard, get paid at night for the efforts I'd done during the day. Well, then I didn't want to go to sleep because I wanted to do that again. And so I would just stay up and I would work all night and I would just sleep a few hours um, and get up the next day and start it all over again. And I was really, 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 really hungry. I still am. It's, I get that. It's a hustle and, that, so that's hard to find. Paid, by getting paid at night, I suppose you're referring to unique 
gives you a debit card and they load your card at night? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how it used working, to be. When you say working, uh, what were you doing? What is, what's the methodology on social media that you used to work and create income? Well, posting. Um, at the time, posting on my personal Facebook, I was running about 10 or so online parties a month, and I was also networking within Facebook groups. And so I was constantly, basically always on Facebook Messenger, talking to people and, and answering questions. Um, somebody would contact me. I would talk to them about the products, um, you know, if they were interested or not, and based upon that, I would bring up the party, bring up the opportunity, whatever it was. And I was just constantly, I mean, I was, there were most days I was talking to like 100 people a day. Building, building my Facebook friends list, building that like over and over and over again and hosting these parties and talking to all their friends and, and their party and the people that I was meeting, networking. Um, and a lot of these girls are still here with me today, and some have just started to jump on that have been watching me from, you know, that told me no, that watched from the get-go. So I was just always, always, always talking to someone about one of those three things. And, you know, tons of people told me no, but I didn't care. Um, I knew, I mean, I was sitting there watching what I was doing, so I knew it was working for me. And if it could work for me, then it could work for somebody else. And that's just what I constantly looked for, you know. Say that again. Tons of people said you told you no and what? And I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, there's so much wisdom right there because what sends most people in our profession to the boneyard is they care more about what other people think about what they're doing than they care about what they're building. Yeah. And, I mean, and there were some people, especially like people that I had talked to more or um, someone that I knew, like some people that I actually knew, one of my really good friends from college, I basically forced her to sign up, and she did not want to. And I was like, you have to do this with me. Like, you have to. She was a marketing representative for a, for a TV station, like a pretty big city. And I was like, you have to do this with me. And she was like, no. And I was like, yes. And, you know, now she has a, a multi-million dollar team. And... So, I mean, some people I had to beg, you know, the ones that I kind of knew and I could, but if they, if I didn't know them and they told me no, then I was like, whatever, you can just watch me. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all the way to the top. And I definitely didn't have to eat my words. <laughs> no, you didn't. So how many hours a day did you work in, like, the first year? In the first year, the first six months, about 20 hours a day. From there, wow. I now, 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 granted, like, I was, you know, mobile on my phone. Um, I would sit down. I would do a couple hours at, at a time on the computer a lot of times. But it was on my phone. Um, I was in school, so I was weeding that in and out, um, you know, an hour and 15 minutes in class, uh, drive time to school, and then having my son. But, I mean, I was awake 20 hours a day, and I was either taking care of him or I was working my business. So I didn't do anything else. I didn't watch TV. Um, I didn't, I didn't play, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere, I didn't do anything. I mean, I was straight focused, he was okay, and I could work the business. And I did that for about six months. And actually when I reached the top of the company in four months, I slept for about six days straight. 
And then I broke back up, and I picked it back up and went at it again, the same, I mean, the same speed. And I got down to 15 hours a day, um, and there's many days that I still work that. And some days I only work, you know, three or four. Um, but some days I, I pull in really hard hours. It, it, it just depends on what, you know, what, what I need and what my business needs for that day. But I've never had a problem of manage, you know, managing and giving time to my business because I know that it was going to be worth it yeah, in the long run. People, let's tell people what you built. So first 90 days you personally sponsored 35 people. Uh, and I, I just want to remind everybody on this call that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I maybe in the last 40 years I've met like a handful of people. Maybe I could count on two hands the number of people that actually worked their business even 8 or 12 hours a day for the first 90 days. I mean, most people had jobs. Most people had families. Most people worked the business maybe one, one hour a day. In fact, if you work the business one hour a day, you're probably in the top 5% of people that are actually working the business because most people just work the business whenever they feel like it, which, of course, becomes a self-fulfilling feeling, and they don't feel like it very often. <laughs> so 30, 35 people in your first 90 days, According to this, Whitney, 130 personally sponsored people in your first year. I mean, that's a four-year career in itself mm-hmm. in your first year. In your second year, hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, 191 people in your second year. And it looks like you kind of backed off the crazy personally enrolling after the second year. Is that correct? I, I got you down. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a half a year in, and I'm at 240 or so, I think, right now. So, oh, that's right. You've only been doing this two and a half years. Yeah, so I'm actually, <laughs> I really haven't, slowed, and I honestly, I haven't really even hit my biggest, my biggest, the summer is my biggest recruiting season for me, um, because the summer is when most people take off. And I don't do that. That's when I get my bigger piece of the pie, and I do that every year. Um, I've done it every year so far, and it's always paid off for me. Um, I recruit really hard in the summer, plant my seeds, and I cultivate. And in the fall, when it's the biggest for – I mean, every company, almost the fall is the biggest time of, you know, business yeah. for them. And I always have an extra big boom in the fall, personally, because I did the work in the summer. Yeah. So I haven't even hit my hard time yet. <laughs> so two and a half, two and a half years into it, you have 240 personally sponsored people. Uh, so one of the key questions I like to ask is, um, the you know, our philosophy at Bliss Business is the way you build residual income is you build a sales organization that is staffed with leaders. Mm-hmm. And one of the definition of a leader in your organization is if you quit. They wouldn't quit. So they are, they are self-motivated. They have their own vision, their own strategy, their own commitments. And it's not that you're not supporting them and inspiring them. And it's not that they wouldn't be shaken if you quit. But you don't have that much influence on them. And what that gives you is extraordinary residual income. Out of 240 personally sponsored people, you have 
24 leadership legs, which is dead on the money for what we expect, one out of 10. Mm -hmm. That's really extraordinary. And your business, I understand you don't have access to how many um, active reps you have, but you have 120,000 people on your team. Is that, does that include customers? No, we don't have a customer auto-ship program of any sort. Mm-mm. So That's you have only a, those that have signed up for the distributorship. The, yeah. You have 120,000 distributors on your team, and you're doing 10 to $12 million a month. That makes you a $100 million a year company, which puts you in the top, just as your distributorship puts you in the top 100 companies in the entire network marketing profession. <laughs> your <Yeah>. distributorship <laughs> is there, and there's, there's, Whitney, there's 700 network marketing companies based in the United States. Yeah. There's only, a, there's only 100 of them that do over $100 million a year. Your distributorship is bigger than 600 other entire companies. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, think, I think we hold about to a quarter or so of the entire company. So it's, You're a quarter of unique. I think so, around that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So tell us, what, what is your, uh, you're still burning and churning hard. Tell us, what is your typical day like? Uh, you've got a huge team, so I imagine you do a lot of coaching and conference calls and training and inspiration, but walk us through a sort of a normal day for you. So typically I... I wake up, and the first thing I do usually is check uh, social media. So I check notifications. I check Facebook messages. I actually do try to, t- try to check, check as many notifications as I can because I like to interact, um, not, not only on my personal but on my business page and in my team groups. And I have a good handful of those that I um, and am active in daily. So I spend... I spend a lot of time doing that. I spend a lot of time answering, you know, questions there and whatnot. Um, a lot of my time during the day is spent on Facebook Messenger, and that is talking with my um, either my, like, closest leaders or the people that I have sponsored, usually recently, um, and communicating with them back and forth. I will post training content in different training groups. I do personal development. I do a lot of either Audible or videos. Um, I like to just play those on my bows or plug in my headphones while I'm doing stuff around the house. What is some of your favorite uh, audio books and videos? Um, well, my number one video, the one that changed the way I thought from when I was in my previous company to this one, the one that made me understand what I was doing was Starts With Why. Um, the how leaders do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's I do. there's actually a book now. I've, I have part of the book done um, on on audio, but I've, I've watched it probably like 20 times um, over and over. I watch it frequently just because it makes you think and it makes you realize like this is what it is about. If I'm talking to a customer or I'm talking to somebody about the opportunity. I have to remember how to, you know, process it the right way to where it's going to be most effective. Um, 
And that was something I really trained my brain to do, and that video helped me significantly. Um, I, another one of my favorite books is How to Build Network Marketing Leaders. I spent a, a year and a half building leaders, dragging people, a lot of people, and it was wearing me down. That book really, really, really helped me um, change the way I was building leaders. And, and who wrote that book? Big Al. Big Al, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, yep. I, think it's, I think it's genius. It's so simple to understand, and it gives some great tactics on really how to build leaders in your organization and who to pick to be a leader, you know, um, I used to want it for, for everybody, and I do. I mean, there are still people that I do want it for them, but I understand now that it's it's not my choice; it's theirs, and they have to want it for themselves. So, those are a couple yeah, well, wanna, things that were life changing. I want to make sure everybody's clear about what you're talking about. So, the video, ladies and gentlemen, that she's talking about is Simon Sinek. His TED Talk. It starts with why, and the uh, leadership books are written by Tom Schreider. Uh, his nickname is Big Al, and just Google Big Al Tom Schreider, and you'll find all his stuff. He sells all his stuff on Amazon. He's, he, Tom is one of the – he's been around probably 45 years, full-time in network marketing, one of the most prolific authors and trainers. He, to, he travels all over the world teaching people how to build empires in network marketing. You'll love any of the stuff that he mm-hmm. writes. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> one of my oh, one of my leaders. Him. No, one of my leaders. He's he lives in Minnesota, and she's been going to his his things for forever. She talks to him all the time, and she says she just loves him. But I, I guess I'm gonna have to get him to come do a thing for us in Texas one day. <laughs> but well, would you like to connect with him? Yes, of course. Yeah. I'm gonna introduce the two of you. Today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's. I mean, he really. That was. That was a huge defining moment in my business it just you know but I was open to it also I wanted to know how to I was like there has to be a better way to do this I can't kill myself you know and um trying to make people you know get there and and want it and that book really did it for me and I we recommend it to all of our our newer leaders especially you know looking to build more leaders in their organization we recommend them reading and a lot of our leaders have read it over and over again so it's a great book. It really is. Yeah, good stuff. So um, tell us, um, what's the biggest, in your build in the last two and a half years, Whitney, what is the biggest mistake that you've made? You either made it one time, like a huge epic mistake, or you made it over and over and over again. And it might have been a mistake that cost you build and income, or it might have been a mistake around your health or around a relationship or maybe your integrity. What's the biggest mistake you've made in the last two and a half years? Hmm, that's a good one because I don't have many regrets. Um, I, you know, I think being in a, in a, a woman-dominant company is hard. And probably for my first, um, year and a half or so, I didn't understand that I had to get out of certain situations. You know, I had, didn't understand that I had to let some friendships and some relationships go. 
Um, and so I would get sucked into drama or, you know, talking about somebody else or whatever it might be. And I finally woke up and I was just like, because, I mean, I, I had a really good organization at the time, and I was just like, you know, I don't want to lose what I have. Um, I've heard stories. I've seen people get to the top and just come plummeting down because they can't, they can't manage their emotions and they can't, you know, they can't treat people properly. And I didn't want that to be me. And so that's kind of when I really started digging into outside development. I started going to live events outside of my company. And I started doing a lot more personal development. And I cut ties with a lot of relationships within, you know, the company and my organization. And I think just staying in those relationships for as long as I did was probably my biggest mistake. But I did get out and I did learn from it. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just part of being, I mean, I'm sure it happens with men too, but you know how it is with women. And um, I wish I would have gotten out sooner, but I, I didn't. But, I, you know, I did whenever I did. And I've learned, you know, I learned from the mistakes. And, um, you know, all I can do is work on myself. And I go to bed every night knowing that I've done my best. Um, every day I wake up, you know, I, I want to do my best. I want to lead my team best. I know that I have to be a great leader for them to be great leaders. And so I, I constantly, I'm, I'm very self-conscious of that and making sure that what I'm, what I'm doing is, you know, in the best interest for the majority of us and so that we're doing things right and what are, of integrity. What are, some of your, what are some of your leadership principles, your uh, commitments and character traits that you employ in your relationships? Like how do you communicate with people? How do you move around people as a leader, as a listener, as a friend, as a coach? What are some of the things that you've learned about leadership that has you work with some people and avoid other people? And, and how do you show up as a role model and an inspiration? Um. One of my biggest things is no negativity. You know, I get, I get things happen. There's going to be mishaps. You know, shipping's not always going to be the best, or products may be gone, or you know, somebody somebody left and went to another company and it caused a big uproar. You know, I just I've just never I've never allowed negativity to be in my leadership organization. Um, it's not the time and place for it. So that's one of my big things. I I really give I feel like I give a lot of a lot of tough love. I have boundaries. Um I don't let people walk all over me, but at the same time I can identify and see whenever I have a leader that isn't like that and you know, we will talk about it and helping her give her ideas and things that she can do to set those boundaries and you know, so she's being the best leader possible because I don't feel like you know, letting people run all over you or, you know, answering your phone 24 hours a day because you're a people pleaser is, is healthy, you know. Um, and setting those boundaries within our team, I've really learned how to do that. I really, I like to listen, listen to, to the needs of others. And I try to give information that I can based upon the needs of them. And if I don't have an answer or... I don't know, or whatever it might be, instead of answering them immediately, I'll be like, you know, I'm going to go do my research, and I'll be back. And I will go dig and find and 
and learn and figure out how I can help them and answer their questions. Because a lot of times situations arise that have never been a situation for me, and I've never experienced it. So I'll go and try to learn and find any information I can or, you know, ask other people that I've met. Thankfully, I've met a lot of people that have been in the profession for a long time that I can call on and ask, you know, I need advice on this. Um, I have no idea how to help this person out and and things like that. But other than that, I feel like I'm still really, really, really evolving as a leader. Um, I'm nowhere near who I want to be yet. You said you go to a lot of events outside of network marketing. Yes. What kind of events do you go to? Who do you listen to? Who are you studying under? Uh, Eric Worre has been the majority of my events have been. Um, I went through his breakthrough training, and then I went to the Les Brown event. Him, um, it was Eric's event, but it was Les Brown and Mike Sims and Les's daughter. The speaker event last February? Mm-hmm. And Most Powerful Women, we did that in August. Um, I went to Six Figure Summit and GoPro in the fall, and then our company, our company events. And I do, I do everything else I can, online videos. I've listened to tons of different, tons of different people um, that you know that have YouTube channels and blogs and stuff. And I'm subscribed to a good bit of people's content, you know, and I watch and listen as much as I can. Tell us about, uh, I'll bet people are curious about your online parties. How do you do Facebook online parties? I've, I've heard of a lot of people doing that. Uh, I couldn't teach somebody how to do it. <laughs> what's, the, what's the secret to online Facebook parties? Well, the thing about Facebook is it changes all the time. And we're always trying to have to work around what Facebook has changed. So when I started, it was all in events. Okay, we would create a Facebook event. We would invite, invite the, the hostess. She would invite all her friends. And we would post in the party for 10 days. And then somebody came out with the secret sauce for Facebook groups. So we started using Facebook groups. And that's where the algorithms for Facebook were. Well, Facebook changed again, and events are better now. Um, they've actually really improved Facebook events and the notifications and the things that you can do within an event now. So basically, the hostess, we create her a Facebook event. She invites her friends. You know, she can post on her wall, message, tell her friends that she's having a Facebook party, send them the event link. They can, they can um, join it or whatever. And then we post in it. So some people will do a live party where they'll post in the event for a few days and then on a set day for about an hour, they'll be on their constant, you know, videos, um, posts, and things like that. And then sometimes people have more of a 10-day party where they're posting different products every day, where they're posting different videos, tips, tutorials, whatever it might be, and interacting with all the guests on there, playing games, just whatever. I mean, even if your Facebook party is a dud, you still have that many people you can connect with and network with, you know, and that's crucial in this business, so... Okay, so would you tell me about uh, Facebook groups? Like you said, you spend a lot of time on Facebook and you join a lot of different groups and then you connect with people in, that, in those groups. Can you give us an example of different types of groups that you join and how you do that? So some of the best ways now, I, really, I think the best thing now to do is to join like an interest group. So say like whatever... What's your, what's your favorite hobby to do outside of work and everything else? 
mine? You're asking me a Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, you're asking me a question, Whitney. I love it. Uh, that'd be golf. Golf. Or I guess it. Okay, so I bet there's there's groups for all this. So you would just go to Facebook, and you know you can go to groups and you can search, and you can find golfing groups. You can find you could probably find like poker groups in your area, in your county, in your region, you know, um, and go within those groups and meet people. You know, you're gonna a lot of times they're all going because most of these people they don't have anything better to do, and they're in these groups talking all day every day. And you're in there liking their stuff and commenting on their things, and then you're going to have conversations. And, you know, you'll become Facebook friends with them. And that's, and then when they, they come to our Facebook, they see that we do something else. And, you know, maybe they get intrigued or whatever, and they'll ask you about it. But there's also there's different things you can go in and, you know, um, post, post like a graphic and, you know, I'm adding friends or something to say, I don't know, if you want to be Facebook friends, like the comment and people will add you. And and then they see your stuff on your personal Facebook. And I do a lot of posting on there. Earlier when you said you were really hard charging, which I guess you still are, but you said you talk to as many as 100 people Mm -hmm. a day, and that would be on Facebook. Messenger. Facebook Messenger, chatting with people that you found in groups or people that, connected with you, commented on your anything that you had on your page, mm-hmm. 100, people, 100 people a day. 100 conversations a day sometimes, yeah. I had, I had to step down and counted sometimes, and there was 100 in one day, yeah. Mm. Just, I mean, nonstop, you know, answering their questions. Um, it was just a craze, you know, there for a while. Um, I still talk to a lot of people today, but now it's usually my, on my team. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love I, – I just I love Facebook. <laughs> I've tried to tap into the other some of the other social media networks, and Facebook is is awesome. I so keep not, up with the changes the, and stuff. Nothing for you on Instagram or Pinterest or Snapchat. I have an Instagram. <laughs> um, I like Instagram for the filters, basically. <laughs> I I used I tried for a long time. Um, I probably gave up too soon on Instagram, but I was. I really don't feel like you can you can put your eggs in a bunch of different baskets, just like working a business. You know, you, you can't work multiple businesses at one time. Um, and so I would do mainly Facebook, a little bit of the others. It sounds like you've mastered Facebook, and mastery is start making the big bucks when you get some mastery going on. Mm-hmm. You've certainly done that. So you started when you were 24. Are you about 27 now? I just turned 28. 28 years old. Last week. Unlike my my friend Adam Green in Young Living, he started when he was 22, and he's got an enormous business now. Love hearing these young people's stories. I'm curious, Whitney... (laughs) In, ge- in a general sense, at the age of 28, what are you doing with your money? So this is an interesting topic um, and one I'm very, very passionate about. I, I was always smart with my money from the get-go. I mean, my parents would give me a little bit of money here and there. Um, I always saved it. I saved it up for something that I really wanted. I babysat throughout high school. I was so active within sports and rodeo, and I didn't have time to have a job. But rodeoing actually paid money also. 
And everything that I won from Rodeo was put into a savings account, and it was used um, for college. I went to college. I, it was expensive. We did have to take out student loans eventually. Um, so when I came into the business, I had about $30,000 in, in student loan debt. And my parents had also bought my double-wide that I live in while I was pregnant and I moved in. And so I lived out, I lived out here on their, on their land. And so I came into business and I saved. I saved every penny from the get-go. Um, the first four months, I hit the top rank and I, sold, or I paid off my, all my revolving credit, basically, all my credit cards. Um, I paid everything that I could like that off. And from there, I, I kept saving. I never spent any money. Everyone kept asking, what are you going to buy yourself? And I bought myself a tanning membership. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, I was making $15,000 a month, and I bought myself a tanning membership. And so, yeah, I just, and I kept saving until I could pay off my student loans in full. And I did that. Um, I signed up in, sept- in September. I paid that off in August. And in December, I paid cash and paid off the loan on my house. Um, for, so my parents wouldn't have that note anymore. And um, I, had, I did buy a vehicle. And from there, I really have never really spent a lot of money, um, not outside of, you know, the things that I needed for the business or whatever. And I've saved and I've saved and I've saved. And I finally got a financial advisor, and I started investing. Um, my, I started with a retirement account, and then I opened another little account. And other than that, I've saved everything that I possibly could. And I've done great with it. I've you know, to make that much money and to be so young, I know you want to spend it. Every, most people spend all their money. <laughs> and I haven't. I haven't. Not yet. <laughs> I'm working on buying a house, a really nice house. So that will be my first really big purchase. I mean, um, but I, I think it's important to to save back. I, I make sure that I save 30% for my taxes every month. I put it in a separate account um, so it's never touched. I have an emergency account that has enough money for me to live comfortably for two years in case uh-huh. something happens and I have absolutely no income for two years. I can, live, I can still live a comfortable life, um, stay back that I'll never touch, and I'm just investing in things like that. And, um, you know, I mean, I spoil myself and I travel, and, but a lot of things are paid for, you know, already traveling. So, yeah. I say, you know, uh-huh. I, I save the best I can. I don't, I don't like to spend it and blow it. Um, but I don't really worry with price tags and things. I couldn't tell you how much a gallon of milk costs. I have no, absolutely no idea. <laughs> I, I think yeah, I think I saw gas was one eighty eight because I actually saw that sign. I mean, I don't know how much that stuff costs. I don't pay. I'm gonna buy it, you know. <laughs> but what's the, um, best, what's the best trip that you've won? Um, we just got back February from um from Nevis, St. Kitts and Nevis. Wow. It was amazing. But the year the year before the trip we won. The same type of trip was Santorini, Greece, and that was my first time to ever leave the country and go to Santorini. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. Uh, I loved Nevis. It was so calm, and we had a great time, but Santorini was outstanding. Um, and I haven't really been to too much other than that. I've just, you know, traveled in the United States, but Santorini is hard to beat. <laughs> it's really, really yep. beautiful. Yep, that's awesome. So uh, you got probably got a lot of people out there um, that you know are in that they want to make five hundred dollars a month. Maybe they 
they didn't come out of the chute the way you did. Uh, no rodeo pun intended. They, <laughs> they're struggling. They're trying to figure out, like, is this worth it? How do I do it? How do I, how do I get motivated to talk to people? Talk to the, the people out there who are just looking to get to that 500 or or $1,000 a month threshold. If you only had a minute or two to talk to them, and let's just say you're the last person they're ever going to get to hear from, what would you say to them? Well, I think really for me and getting that money in the early stages like that was my products. You know, I fell in love with my products really fast, and I used my products, and I had a story to tell. You know, I, if I talked to someone, I could give them my story, not somebody else's, but I had my own testimony of the story. And I feel like that sells better than anything else in this world is your own story to your own friends and family. So get out there and sell your products. Um, fall, you know, if you need to fall in love with the company, you know, again, go to an event, do something like that. Start using your products. Fall in love with your products. And really from there, as you start selling products and you get excited about that, I think that can really light your spark. And from there, as you start building up your customers, then get comfortable with talking about the opportunity to them. Um, your customers are starting to fall in love. That is your chance to talk to them about the business. And even though it might take a little longer to build that $500 a month from, from building you know, than it does usually from product sales, because we know, you know product, most people if making $500 a month, it's usually from product sales or in the early stages. But if you start to build your team and you continue to be consistent in that, even if it is just a couple people a month, um, but as long as you're being consistent in it and you're being a great sponsor, then I don't see how you can't build up to that $500 in six, in, you know, six to 12 months just from doing the minimum, having customers, giving great customer care, um, following up with them, and offering them the opportunity and you know, bringing your people into the business and getting them excited with you. It can really take off really quickly yep all right nice so whitney 28 years old 10 million dollar a month business 120 people 120,000 people <laughs> all over the world what uh what's your vision for you in three or four years where are you going to be what are you going to be doing what are you going to be contributing what's going to be your young legacy yeah see and it's hard because uh, it keeps changing it keeps going a lot faster than I thought it was you know ever going to go but I think really building a really strong foundation in my organization is really important to me um, I get asked to do a lot of things outside of my company and I and I do say yes but I don't feel like that's my vision yet um, I really want to build a strong foundation within my team, really empower my leaders, and really help people change, you know, change their lives and mainly come home and be home with their kids because that's a huge thing for women is to be home with their kids, especially if they have little ones or being, being there to pick them up from school. Um, from there, you know, being debt-free and preparing for the future. Um, I don't want to be 40 and worrying like most of the world is. Um, so that's really important to me that I, I, 
I want to travel and I want to see the world. Um, it's something I've, I've never done, and I have dreamed of that my entire life. Um, I'm a very sheltered person, <laughs> and I don't want to be that anymore. I want to get out and explore and see the world and meet people. Um, I am really big on, you know, getting the stigma off of the industry. Um, I feel like that's already happening. It's, 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 there's been a huge, huge shift in that. Um, I want, you know, I want people to be proud that they, you know, they can say, you know, I'm, at, you know, I'm in network marketing. It's not full time gig, you know. Um, it, it, and it, it's going to that. It really is. It's really starting to happen. People are getting way more, way more comfortable there. But ultimately, just helping people change their lives. Um, I, I truly believe it can happen for me. It can happen for anybody. I mean, I didn't, I didn't come into this with anything extra special other than a passion to succeed. Um, and, you know, fighting all the odds. And, but everyone has that, and anyone is capable of, of learning and, and doing that and really taking control of their life. So. But other than that, I, I, need to, I need to plan the next five years. <laughs> I need to take some time to do that. And, um, I haven't really done a lot of that yet, so it's hard to say what I don't even, I really don't even know how to imagine what it's going to be like. It's, it's well, everyone, amazing. a book you might want to read. It'll help you imagine. It's called Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, The Art of Personal Vision and Self-Motivation. I think Jamie sent you one. Yes. It's I got my stack. file somewhere. Yeah, it's in a big stack in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is, you know, that's not, um, you know, a vision board. I mean, I, I was never told about those things, you know. I was, you know, yeah. you plan, go to school, you plan. You get a job, have a family. You know, I mean, that's what I was. That's what I was taught. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want more. And um. well, Whitney, you're an extraordinary ambassador to the profession. I love the way you speak about it. I love your passion about it. I love. I love how you just worked. I mean, your work ethic is special. And of course, anybody can do that. Uh, but most people don't. Mm-hmm. And I just love hearing how you just dove in and took total responsibility and empowered yourself, and you you created a story that inspired you to work and for you to connect with a hundred people a day. Uh, you know, it's, that's just epic work, and it's a, such an extraordinary inspiration for people to hear how you did it. Anybody can do it from home. You had a newborn child. Anybody can do that if they just convince themselves they can. And, you know, the gift that somebody gave you was the gift of belief, the gift of that story that you told yourself that you could make it happen, and you did. And I love the way you see yourself as an ambassador for our profession being different. The business model itself deserves people like you representing it, and it deserves more people being successful. It doesn't deserve uh, a statistic where probably 95% of the people that embark on building something end up quitting before it happens. And people like you can change that. So I'm, I'm very honored and grateful that you joined us tonight. And I'm sure thousands of people listening to this uh, short term will be inspired, but this is the kind of message 
Whitney, that people will be listening to five or ten years from now, mm-hmm. and the ripple effect that you're going to have around the world on people that hear, heard your story and were inspired to go out and do extraordinary things is really phenomenal. True to form, you get to ask the last question. <laughs> you may not have known that. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll bet you're pretty good on your feet. <laughs> what would you like to ask me to close out this call? Oh, <laughs> um, no, I had no idea. Um, is there like I'm not, a... I'm not is, taking the pressure off either. Can it be anything? anything <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. It can be absolutely anything. Um, I think one of the, something I get asked, asked the most is, is what is, what is the secret? You know, what is the secret to it? And one of, and my answer is always consistency. So I want to know what your answer is. <laughs> well, to success and, you know, long term. Cause I don't, I've only been yeah. here two and a half years, so I don't have that. I don't have that longer, longer term to say what I did for a longer period of time. Well, consistency is certainly a, a magic mathematics. Um, you know, anybody can, you know, work for a couple of days. Anybody can, you know, talk to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. Uh, anybody can eat right for a day. Anybody can exercise for a day. Anybody can read a chapter in a book. But the people that that map epic change onto their lives are the people that string consecutive days together. And so, you know, if you interview a hundred network marketers just, you know, let's say they're all actively, quote, unquote, trying to build a business. And, of course, they won't tell you the truth, and they're not keeping track. But if you kept track of those hundred network marketers and you looked for days when they were actually doing the business and what that would look like, a day that any of us are doing the business would look like you're excited about the business and you are engaging with people about your products and your opportunity. And people would be at the very minimum of one a day. And engaging would be, you know, what I call it is the invite. You're inviting people to just take a look. You're, you're asking people questions about themselves. You're connecting with them. You're learning about them. You're finding some need or want that they have that your product or your opportunity might fill. And you're just asking them. You're telling them something about it and you're asking them to take a look. It's as simple as that. And if you follow 100 people for a year that are trying to build a network marketing business, and you could actually track how many days in a row those 100 people worked the business, and worked the business is at least one invite, you would find that 95% of those people over 365 days can't put a string of even five days together consecutively. They, they talk to people and 
their state of motivation is based on the results that they produce. So I, while I totally agree with you that consistency is magical math in terms of putting, like if you, if you could just put 90 days together, 90 consecutive days of working a business, it blow your mind what you would build, and it puts you in the top 1% of all the people that started the same day you did in your company. It's really simple consistency. But what I would say my secret is, is so what is it that, that causes people to be consistent? What is it that leads people to continue to work every day? And I would say that secret is self-motivation. And what I mean by self-motivation is that the people that work the business every day, that put consistency together, they put a string of 90 days together. You've put a string of two and a half years together. You've, you've probably never crawled up on the couch for three or four days in a funk. You've probably never gotten distracted from your business by some shiny object for a week or two. You've put an unbelievable two and a half years of consistency together. But if people would just put 90 days together, it would blow their mind what it produced. So how do you do that? Well, you can't base your motivation on your results. You can't base your motivation, how you feel, the story you tell, your optimism, your belief, your excitement, your passion, based on what a prospect said can't base it on the no's, you can't base it on the maybes, you can't base it on the yeses who were yes today and you can't find them tomorrow, can't base it on the people that you sponsored that got all excited and built for a week and then quit, you can't base it on results, you have to base it on your vision, you have to base it on, vision is nothing more than an internal conversation, it's a, it's a dialogue, it's a story you tell yourself. And it's a story that you believe, and you tell yourself that story irregardless, regardless of what your results are. And that's the only way that you can stay engaged because it's kind of like, you know, shuffling a deck of cards. And if you could imagine that every card, you shuffle a, a poker deck of cards, shuffle it up really good, and then imagine that everybody you talk to the, the response they're going to give you is indicated in the value of a card. So leave the jokers in the deck, shuffle up a deck really good, and then just start flipping cards over. And, you know, what you're looking for are the aces. And aces are people that not only respond positively, but they have a powerful relationship with their word. So when they tell you they're going to show up, or they're going to place an order, or they're going to host a party, or, you know, whatever. They actually do it. And those are the people that you're looking for to build an empire. You're looking for entrepreneurial-minded people, people with a huge passion, huge ambition, but they have to have a powerful relationship with their word, and most people don't. So as you're flipping over the cards, just imagine that you know, the first card you flip over is a five, and a five might be indi indicated by somebody who basically says no, but they're nice about it. And then you flip over another card, and it's a nine, and that person says no, 
but you know they're even nicer about it. And then you flip over another card, and it's a ten. And you know tens through what I would call kings are probably the worst cards you can flip over because they're not clear no's; they're actually maybes. And the maybes are the ones that'll suck the life out of you because. <laughs> They create hope, and you chase them around, and you wait for them. Oh, I've got somebody who says they're probably going to come to the event. And, you know, if, as long as this happens, they're going to get started in the business. And so we tend to wait on all the maybes. The maybes suck the life out of you. And just notice if you're an externally motivated person, if your story about building the business is based on, well, as long as, you know, the people I talk to are excited, I'm going to keep doing this. As long as I find somebody who buys the product or gets in the business, then I'm going to keep doing this. So imagine you're flipping these cards over, and then you get to a joker, and a joker just tears into you and tries to rip your heart out. And um, So most people's tenacity, consistency, their passion for playing the game is based on the card they flip over in the moment. And it is possible that the first card you'll flip over will be an ace. It's also possible that the last four cards in the deck are aces. And so I would say my answer to your question, Whitney, is the secret for me is master the story you tell yourself and create a beautiful, powerful, inspiring story that lifts you up to ride above the results that you produce so that you can stay engaged in the activity. And the activity is just conversations, just passionate conversations. And then through that process, you actually teach yourself, if, uh, if you need to teach yourself, to fall in love with the process. So just imagine all of you out there listening, if you could just fall in love with the process of connecting with people and inviting people and detach yourself from the results that you produce in the moment and trust that as long as you stay engaged in the process, you're going to find those aces because somebody found you and somebody is finding 475,000 people a week, according to the Direct Selling Association, that enroll in a direct selling opportunity somewhere in the world. There's a whole lot of people out there that are looking for $500 a month or more, and you've got to just trust that the process will lead you to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say. I like that. Good question. Well, we're <laughs> over time. Whitney, uh, this was just an absolutely extraordinary call. I can't wait to meet you. I'm definitely going to follow your career. And um, I have one last question for you. Okay. Will you do another interview two and a half years from now so we, so we can all see what kind of gargantuan empire you have built <laughs> and how, you've, how you're traveling the world and giving back? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome. My five-year mark, September of 2000 and. 18. Yeah, I'll have Jamie. Uh, Jamie, I know, is listening to this call. I don't know if you've ever talked to her, but she's a big fan of yours. She's one of your customers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we, that's how, uh, yeah. that's how she's I found out. She's my executive idea. assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad is a very good friend of mine. And uh, so a shout-out to Jamie. Thanks for setting yes. this up, Jamie. And uh, 
We'll be in touch, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. So I'm, You're I welcome. Really, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.